Newcastle United a club who's been in a lot of turmoil off the pitch in the past decade the owner Mike Ashley has ruined the structure of the club has refused to spend money to improve the squad when needed the club has been relegated a couple of times although they have managed to return back into the premier league the very next year uncertainty blooms around the club and it's been a constant turmoil for the magpies the fans the players pundits and everyone associated with the club have been frustrated and have been voicing their opinions and disinterest over Mike Ashley's management a few weeks back the saudi crown prince mohammed bin salman registered an interest and wanted to take over newcastle united from mike ashley tada that was the big news of this year mohammed bin salman who is the crown saudi prince someone who's been accused of human rights violation was going to take over newcastle united football club as of now the turn the takeover hasn't been complete there has been concerns raised over the takeover regarding bin salman's human rights violations and related stuff like that but in this episode of the netmet arena podcast myself ritvik rajendran the host and our guest christopher winter discuss about newcastle united's potential takeover and what impact it will have on the football club in a completely footballing perspective so let's go on to the podcast and listen to what myself ritvik and chris You're listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Welcome to the episode Chris. It's been a long time since you've been on one of these episodes so welcome once again. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, so it's probably I guess it's probably crazy in England and not not just in England in the entire world but England's also it's been pretty crazy there with the coronavirus thing so I hope you're safe and you no know, Yeah, uh, as safe as I possibly can be. Uh, obviously, this is a lot larger than football uh, itself, and obviously that's got to be taken into consideration. But as a football fan as well, you you, you obviously you, you're keeping your eye up to date on all the news, and uh, I just think at the moment. Um, Everything's still up in the air regarding any kind of uh, seasons coming back to date. So we have to just concentrate on other news, such as today's topic. Absolutely, yeah. The big, the big one uh, being Mohammed bin Salman, Saudi prince, taking over Newcastle United from Mike Ashley. So it's 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 one of the biggest news that has you know passed us. uh by doing this uh, tough times but this is possibly one of the best things that could happen to newcastle united fc probably in the, in, in the footballing terms maybe and also for the fans they kind of deserve it after you know a long long spell 
with Mike Ashley, the torrid spell with Mike Ashley at the helm. He hasn't spent much at the club. He's he's kind of pulled back the club. Probably a UAE owner, an Arab owner. We've seen that with Manchester City, uh, PSG as well with the Qatari owners there that they are not at all hesitant to spend money and get the club, you know, upwards, yeah. going upwards. And you being an Everton fan, Fahad Mosheri is also, I think it's, it, Mosheri is your owner as well. So you might have also got some kind of, you know, uh, an, an experience, you would say. So what's your yeah. take on this Mohammed bin Salman take, Newcastle takeover and... What do you think about you know, the future of Newcastle? Maybe the most uh, recent, the recent future of Newcastle United. What do, yeah. what do you think will happen? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, there's a, I mean, there's a couple of points to be discussed first uh, in terms of the takeover. Like you said, I mean, being an Everton fan, I've been in that position, similar to what the Newcastle fans are probably being being in now, where they just feel that they they just need that takeover to push the club onto the next level doesn't necessarily always happen like that but you always as a fan you, you just want it to happen so I, I understand considerably that the Newcastle fans have been loyal to the football club as most other fans have been to their football clubs obviously given the way or, or given the nature or given the from the outside looking in given the, uh, the way Mike Ashley's been running the club you would think that the any kind of takeover would take um, Newcastle fans. Uh, Newcastle fans would take any kind of takeover. Uh, the fact that it's coming from uh, coming from where it is, uh, you can understand the excitement uh, surrounding it. And I think what 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 needs to be taken into consideration here again is yeah, the, the excitement is obviously there. Um, obviously, the new uh, it's it's a journalist paradise at the moment, given the names that they're getting linked with. But I think they, they need to be a little bit more. They need to remember the times a little bit more. PSG, it, it, it's it's hard to compare it to PSG and Manchester City um, because of the times. Financial fair play will hinder hinder them a lot more than what it did PSG and Manchester City given the given the rules that have come into place over the last five years um, but given given where it will take them the, the takeover is actually needed just to sort of start putting building blocks in place there's no, there's no reason why a new takeover can't be the start of something significant for the club yeah, and they haven't been so bad probably recently since maybe the after Rafa Benitez joined the club. Yes, when Benitez joined the club, they were in the relegation places in the Premier League. They went down and they came up the next season under Benitez. And I hope he, I hope he put them in tenth place. A tenth place finish was, I, I guess, uh, which Benitez led Newcastle to in his. Uh, probably second season in the Premier League with new, with uh, Toonami. And it, things were looking good, but then Benitez left and Steve Bruce came in. And up, honestly, I would say 
I didn't have much expectations from Steve Bruce. I guess most people wouldn't have as well, but he's done a fairly decent job this season with Newcastle. He's bought a few good players, the likes of Joy Linton, etc. But uh, they still lacked. They still lack that cutting edge, I'd say. And with the idea, with the takeover happening, the owners, the new owners, they are definitely one of the richest, maybe the the most richest club in England now, Newcastle. The most richest owners in England, I'd say, managing any football club, and. They can spend as much as they want. If they want Leo Messi, they can buy him. If they want Cristiano Ronaldo, they can buy him. In, in purely in terms of money, I mean, definitely yeah. you have the you yeah. have the fin, you have the financial fair play there. But they can definitely they have the money and you know the jewelry to afford every single player in the world. And they can also combine all these players as well. So there's no lack of money. And probably the first priority for them would be to get to a European spot, preferably the Europa League. And I guess Newcastle have decent quality to get there. The likes of Miguel Almiron, Fabian Schaar. These these players are probably probably my favorite Newcastle players, and the ones I guess are the two best players at the club. Almiron, although he hasn't been scoring a lot of goals and you know, haven't been racking up a lot of assists, he is he is one of the best players at Newcastle, and he is really really talented as well. Just that he hasn't found the right system or you know the right motivation, I would say, from a manager. So this really have the uh, I mean they really have the expenses now, and they have a decent. Or I would say probably a little stable side, and they can invest on top of this as well in the summer. And if if Steve Bruce doesn't remain the manager, uh, I mean post the summer, I see them going for the likes of maybe Maurizio Pochettino, or they might even bring back Rafa Benitez. So that's also very likely. So yeah, well, I mean, I think I think. Um, I mean, touching on uh, the point you raised at the start there. I mean, the club itself has got so much potential, so you can understand why uh, someone um, someone would want to take over Newcastle as a club. I mean, it's a one club city, uh, and it's got a massive fan base, and it's got a stadium already in place, uh, a stadium that can be improved as well. So the investment will be there, obviously, given the times that are happening around the world at the moment. Uh, they've obviously took advantage of that because they know that Mike Ashley will be willing to sell the club right now I, I do believe that if we win in this pandemic I don't believe he will be selling at the price that he, wants, he is currently selling at and then this is all assuming that the takeover does actually happen because I know I know uh, especially over here in the UK there's a lot of a lot of fight against it given uh, Given the uh, the Saudi-based consortium's uh, scrutiny uh, surrounding human rights, and you might not, you might not, not, you might know more about that, given the area that we, that you're currently based at, uh, as opposed to ourselves. Uh, and then you've got the TV deal uh, as well that the uh, the Saudi-based uh, consortium currently owns. That could be a major issue in the Premiership, uh, the Premier Leagues as as well. So. 
if we're, if we're working, if we're discussing this on the basis that the, the takeover will happen, uh, then yeah, there's a lot to be excited for. But as well, I, I would stress that the Newcastle fans do need to be a little bit patient in that regard. I mean, I'm seeing some of the names over the last couple of days. Again, it, it's just a journalist paradise at the moment because, I mean, today I'm reading that Kevin Keegan's coming back. The other day, I'm reading that uh, Pochettino's going to be uh, the number one target. Uh, I'm hearing that the, the consortium is going to approach Max Allegri. Um, and again, yeah, and, the, and then I think at the beginning of the week that Rafa Benitez is going to come back. Uh, I mean, the club as, as itself over the last 10 years or certainly during Mike Ashley's tenure as the owner of the club yeah I mean it's not been good enough for a club for a club with that uh, with that fan base and that potential that we touched on that I touched on earlier regarding the stadium the one club in the city how passionate the fan base are it's not been good enough I mean, they've been relegated twice in the last 12 years even yeah. though but both of them have been uh, they've bounced back into the Premiership, fortunately, both times. But if you just look at the, man, uh, the, the some of the names that have been manager of the club and the, the, the inconsistency regarding uh, regarding managers being there, you, you, the club's not been run as uh, what's the right word? The club's not been run as a football club Sh- should be expected to be run. Especially a, especially a Premiership football club. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think again, I'll touch on it. Assuming that the the Saudi base, uh, the consortium does take over the club, and everything gets signed off, uh, then I think, fin- I would be advising them that financially they need to be start putting a structure into the club, off the pitch just as much as on it I know it's easy to get carried away and start waving waving checkbooks and we'll come to that point in a minute about players who they should be signing etc but this is a a club that needs a structure put into it off the field Um, and and that's the first thing that they should be doing they should be they they should be uh, they should be building their house basically and making it solid uh, and if they build it off the pitch, if they get everything right off the pitch, then it gives them a good foundation to put everything right on the pitch and start attracting names and start attracting managers. But I don't think they're going to be in a position straight away anyway uh, to just start flashing checkbooks around and buying uh, and buying the bigger names. Uh, like you've touched on there yourself, Rifferit. The manager, the manager's going to be key to this uh, because. Uh, because in geography terms I mean Everton uh, Liverpool and even to probably a lesser extent Manchester City and, Man- and Manchester United I've discovered over the last 10 years that anything in the north of England um, when it goes in competition for a player that the London clubs have got an advantage because uh, players coming from abroad and especially those bigger names, they don't want to live in the north of England. They want to live in London. Their fam- they want yeah. their families based in London. So Newcastle, again, it's not going to be as easy as just... There, there, there is a lot of other things uh, to consider 
before they start buying these big names or, or before they start believing they can actually attract these big names there is the geography, geography sense that I've just meant plus there's the manager they need, they need a manager in place and again I think Steve Bruce has done a fantastic job uh, since he certainly surprised me because the media in the in this country the Newcastle fans themselves and again general football fans would would have us believe that what Rafa Benitez was doing at Newcastle was genius especially uh, in his last season like uh, like like you mentioned there finishing 10th uh, people sort of bought into the philosophy that playing really defensive football and not and letting the other team have 70 odd percent possession was the best that Newcastle could hope for I think Steve Bruce has gone a long way this season certainly before the season was finished uh, finished early to say well no they were they were a lot more attacking this season than what they did were under Rafa Benitez so Steve Bruce even though I do believe that once his takeover goes through or if the takeover goes through that he, he won't be the manager for much longer I, I do think that um he needs to be given credit for what he's done. It would be nice to see him get a chance. I think he might. I think he, if the if the season yeah. does, if the, if the season does does finish and they do they do resume, I, I do believe he will get the last nine games. I do believe that. I think. I think. Yeah. Especially especially if it resumes in the next say six weeks or eight weeks, which I don't think it will, but for non-football reasons. But if it was, I do believe that the the owners wouldn't rush in. They'd let the season finish and then they would sort of. Give a gentleman's handshake and yeah. sort some kind of uh, termination of contract out, and then he would look to attract that bigger name because th- they are going to need that name to attract the players. Because, like I said, if the players aren't attracted to the area and they're not attracted to the club itself, because why would be why would the given the reputation and what's happened at the club over the last ten years, they are going to need to be able to attract something other than wages. And I think if they had a big yeah. name in charge or a more sexier name, forgive the expression, then yeah, it's going to be a lot more easier to attract those players. Yeah, and addressing a few of your points firstly before no proceeding yeah. further uh, about the London thing. That's absolutely correct. When Liverpool sold Luis Suarez in 2014 to Barcelona, Alexis Sanchez was the prime target, but yeah. In the in the end, the reason for him moving to Arsenal was mainly it being a London club. I guess he admitted that as well. I kind of read in an article as well that his wife or his girlfriend, I guess, wanted a move to Arsenal because uh, it was a London-based club and probably London is a better place to live in than the North, like you said. So that definitely plays a huge factor. Another yeah, thing being, it's it's just a more uh, commercialised and a more. I mean, I'm from the north myself, so I, and I've never lived in London, so I can't necessarily say London is a better area. But it, when you're a player coming over, then London is the is the big attraction to the country, um, the, the cost of living, uh, or the class of living is, is higher. Uh, I mean, going back on your points there. I mean, the big, the biggest one that springs to my mind is when Olivier, uh, 
in 2017, Everton had Olivier Giroud at the training ground. The contract was agreed. And before he signed it, uh, he said, unfortunately, my wife doesn't want to live in the north of England. So the deal's off. I, I do believe Liverpool were on the verge of... Uh, Stephen Gerrard tells a story that when he was at Liverpool, he was texting uh, William before he moved to Chelsea. And apparently he got, he got a text message back. They were discussing it over the phone uh, through text message. And William just replied that my wife wants to live in London. So... Again, I suppose it's nothing against the north of the country, but facts are facts. When people the, uh, these foreign players are coming over, they want they they want to live in London. Yep, and uh, yeah. we will not move into um, Bin Salman's human rights issue in this particular episode. Probably yeah. we will not discuss that. Yeah. Let's park it aside for now, and well, I will. Yeah, I don't believe that will be the issue for the Premier League anyway. The Premier yes. League won't, won't, won't sign it off because of that. It would be more to do with the TV deal. I think the TV Absolutely. deal would it would be will play more of a uh, more of a role than um, than the actual human rights issue, which is absolutely. I, I don't. I'm, I want to state on the podcast. I don't necessarily agree with that or promote any kind of human or trying to say but if the if these human rights issues are actually true that I agree with them but I do think from a footballing perspective and from the Premier Leagues I do believe it will be the TV deal uh, rather naively yeah. will be the TV deal that is set up that causes more issues yep and now coming into the footballing terms like you said they, they might need a big name manager probably to attract top players but it's going to be a steady process. Like you said earlier, the foundation has to be set first. That is the most important thing probably for a football club under a new ownership. We saw that with Liverpool first when FSG took over. They did not spend casual money. Yes, $35 million on Andy Carroll probably was quite naive, but they had sold Fernando Torres for $50 million just before that. So that kind of is okay and makes sense. But um, you saw them not spending much and they were under a lot of criticism as well uh, at first. And you see a completely contrasting story with Sunderland. Um, when Ellis Short sold the club to Stuart Donald, they, uh, they took over the club. So I'm purely speaking based on the documentary, the Sunderland Hill yeah. I, I series that I yeah. watched on Netflix. So you saw what has happened there with Sunderland. They were in a huge, huge mess and looks like Stuart Ronald is in the market looking for buyers now because of the club's performances yeah. on the pitch. So it, it's it's not always easy. It doesn't matter if you're pretty much rich as well. It's not very easy. There are a lot of other factors as well that plays into a football club. So yes, yeah. it's, got, it's going to be hard. But let's come on to the point, the final point probably of this podcast as we're running out of time. The players. So... If you look at the Newcastle team, Martin Dubravka in goal, it's quite decent, yeah. but it's it's not top quality. But for a club like Newcastle United, probably who wants to get into a Europa League place, maybe, I guess Dubravka is pretty decent. Maybe they can add some competition there. But for now, I would say Dubravka would be a good choice there. And if you come on to the defence, you can see Fabian Schaar. I... I think he is the best player at Newcastle, Fabian Schaar. I think he should be staying at Newcastle if they're going to play probably a little bit defensive style football. 
Yeah. Fabian Schar is one, and probably they lack a proper player in the wing back areas. Yedlin, DeAndre Yedlin is not probably the best fullback. Neither is Jetro Williams. Williams is quite yeah. decent, but still not not so much. Probably explains why uh, Steve Bruce bought Danny Rose in January. Yeah. And going into the midfield, I don't see a lot of creativity there in midfield either. So midfield is definitely an area that they can improve. Alex San Maximan was bought to probably add more pace. He's added that pace. He's added that. instinct in counter attacks but he's not got the output so far so that that you probably expect from someone like him but obviously that 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 was probably there to see from his previous years as well he always lacked the output so whenever i think of san maximan i kind of kind of put a comparison with adama traore who is also a similar kind of player bursting with pace and you know strength but Not quite doesn't. the final final output, but yeah, lacks Ad- lacks the technical ability, doesn't he? Correct, correct. And although Adama has improved kind of this season in terms of you know the overall numbers, putting up the numbers and stuff, San Maximan probably might need to work on that as well. Miguel Almiron, like I said earlier, he's one of my favorite players there at Newcastle, and I think he is a huge bundle of potential. I probably watched a few games of his when he was at Atalanta United. Joseph Martinez, Atlanta United. Uh, Joseph Martinez and Miguel Almiron were absolutely amazing for the club there in the MLS, and they were tearing apart teams. And that little combination was there to see. Probably the yeah. reason why Joy Linton was bought this year. But Joy Linton, once again, that's a curious case. He is a good striker, but he has got a lot of criticism this season. Maybe lack of scoring. But I feel that that a, a maybe a better manager, maybe he doesn't fit properly into Steve Bruce's plans, I guess. But yeah, if you have I a better manager, that. if you have it's a better been... manager, you can who can use him well. I guess Joe Linton will click. So, in terms of the squad, uh, play the players that are there in the squad, I guess the main improvement that they need is probably in the midfield and a few areas in defense, which I guess they can gradually make and. In next two years, I see them probably if they, if they make if they make sensible signings. That is, I see them probably getting a Europa League place because the competition in the Premier League has kind of massively dropped down. And yes, there is a lot of uh, competitions for the Europa League places. But yeah, it, it, yeah it's, well, it's, it, it, if you if you do it right, uh, as has been proven, uh, I mean, look at Wolves. Wolves have only been in, they've only they only got promoted the season before last. They've established themselves now as a top. You could argue that they're a top six Premiership club. Uh, it, yeah, if you if they if if these if these owners come in and they're ambitious enough and they show the the, the right intellect and the right football brain and they spend the right players, they spend the money wisely on the correct players, then they will make giant strides. There's no denying that you you will make strides in the because for every club. That does well. There's always another club in the Premier League that is being run bad, or it is being it makes the wrong appointments, or sacks the wrong manager, or sells the wrong player. I mean, that's the fascination with the Premier League. Um, it doesn't it, it doesn't take a great deal to actually propel yourself up that league table. Now, at the moment, Newcastle are not a top ten club. The players that we've mentioned there, they're all. 
okay players, given the level that Newcastle have been at a couple of years. But they, if these, if the, if these owners are ambitious, they, there is better players out there. Okay, they might not be the Messi's and the Mbappe's that I'm seeing that Newcastle are going to attempt to buy. I mean, they can't. It's not feasible to believe that that can happen. But there is better players out there that will be attracted to play for Newcastle Football Club that they can get. And Everton appointed Carlo Ancelotti as a manager not long ago. Uh, if you would have asked me this time last year whether we could attract a manager like that, I'd say you would absolutely you, you you're mad too. So it's not. It's not unrealistic to believe that they can go out there and get a, a, a big name manager. So, uh, given given, like, if the board show the right ambition and show that they've got the, the uh, a football project in place, they will attract that manager. Because manager, that's what managers are attracted to, and if and and they will be given funds, financial fair play will hinder them to a certain degree. But they will be able to spend money. Other clubs have done it. Wolves have done it. Everton have done it. Uh, I'm trying to think of other clubs outside the sort of so-called top uh, top six elite clubs that have done it. Uh, so yeah, Fulham did it as well. Although it yeah. was you know wrongly spent, but they, they kind of spent a lot of money in the summer as well. Aston Villa yeah. has also spent a lot of yeah. money this summer. That's what I mean. So cl- clubs will spend money. Uh, and these owners will be able to spend money and he will still attract players will be still attracted to Newcastle uh, they've just got to uh, get these little little other things sorted out first like I said the structure of the structure in terms of maybe a director manager director of football get things uh, get the football inside of the club running uh, and then once that is done, it, it all falls into place. I mean, and, and they probably will make mistakes as well. All FSG, Liverpool, I, I mean, what they were doing up, up, up until they appointed Jurgen Klopp, everything that they were doing was not very good. They, they weren't getting many things right at that football club. But all it takes is one right appointment and then for, things will fall into place. And and if you look at the strides that Liverpool have made over the last four years, it's not it's not unrealistic to believe that a club like Newcastle could do the same thing. And for for Liverpool, the, probably before Jurgen Klopp, the right appointment that made was Michael Edwards. I would say he has been the brain behind probably the success that we're seeing Liverpool have you know in the recent in the recent yeah. times now. So Michael Edwards probably hiring someone behind behind the pitch who can do the job well, who can identify the right people for the job. That is what is very, very important for Newcastle and they need such a big figure at the club who can yeah. you know, manage all this stuff, probably the players, scouting, and the, who the manager is. If you see at Liverpool, it's not Jürgen Klopp who always goes to Edwards and says, see, I need this player. It's not. They have a wonderful data analytics team who who kind of you know runs their model again and again and again. Being a computer science student myself, I can say that it's it's one of the most emerging fields in the world right now in the industry right now. Machine learning, deep learning, analytics. So it's 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 one of the most you know highly probably I'd say it's one of the most highly in demand skill that companies look for as well. So it, it has a very bright future and I'm 100% sure that you can identify a lot of amazing footballers 
based on their numbers their game and stuff like that if you have the right data on in your hand so if you yeah. have a good analytics team you can definitely you know crack a lot of stuff so that's what liverpool have been doing well newcastle like you said earlier i'm going to stress that once again they have to set the foundation right so that that that's a key point here and yeah, yeah. so that 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 that's all for today's podcast guys thank you for tuning in it's it's been a pleasure talking to you chris once again we i guess yeah, thank I, you very I, much i have enjoyed this this uh, discussion so much probably we are short of time or else we could have kind of dragged on and on because there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of things to talk there's a lot of things that we can talk about so hoping to see you soon again in future episodes now and yeah absolutely and take care so goodbye thank you to all our listeners for tuning into the episode we have a football series coming out on our website zero to hero it starts on monday april the 27th so probably by the time this podcast is out the series would have also started rolling in so tune into that as well keep supporting us and thank you so much once again goodbye